Welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layer Takes. On this episode, we will be reviewing Lovecraft Country, episode 8, Jigabobo. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. It's your boy, Marcus, a.k.a. Jonathan Price. Um, I, I, I might be a little bit long-winded with this, if you all don't mind. Give me a second, please. Go ahead. Go for Um... AKA Jonathan Price, um, a 31 year old black man who had his life taken away from him a couple days ago. Um, a son, a grandson, a friend, a loved one, a many, I'm sure, who had his life taken away from him. He was a good man who stepped in to try and stop a public domestic dispute. Something That's something any of us would do. But unfortunately, a pathetic, cowardly, overzealous, vile, deplorable, inadequate police officer um, whose name, Sean Lucas, felt the need to assert himself in a situation that had already been resolved by the time he got there. He tased Jonathan. And then when Jonathan like jolts or jumps from being like shocked, literally electrically shocked, the officer shoots him because his body jerked it. I, I don't know why. But th- that callousness, that cowardness of that cop, uh, Sean Lucas, is that, that kind of cowardness is just sickening, disgusting. I, it, it, I can't even begin to, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, I believe that cop, as of today, this afternoon, October 5th, he was arrested. I don't know if he was, I don't know what he was formally charged with, but he has been arrested. And that's kind of, that's part one of what we asked for. Um, it, well, really, I would say it, it's part. I'll say it's, it's two parts. One part, we would ask that these cops don't kill us, don't brutalize us. But part part two of that is when they kill us and they brutalize us, we ask that they be arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law so that we can gain some form of justice. Um, and the thing about I say justice, that's me. Justice is relative, and we know that. We know that justice is relative. Like, justice is just a, a matter of what the law is. Like, slavery was legal. Um, Jim Crow laws were legal. Hell, redlining was legal. So justice is just a, a it's, it's relative, relative to white people. And we as black people know justice, is, that's a, it's a, it's relative, and it damn sure is not real. But we ask that when they do kill us and they brutalize us, that we at least get some form of justice in that situation. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Well, it's it's something we do, we have to go through this new trauma and grieving process every other day. So I'm happy that the cop was arrested. And the irony about him, uh, I know we gotta get started, is like a few months ago, he had posted on his own social media that he had never had a negative encounter with the police and, you know, the police had always treated him fine. And it's, you know, it's about, uh, you know, different circumstances and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, this is somebody who's vocally outwardly had supported police on social media, mm-hmm. uh, only to be gunned down months later mm-hmm. as a good Samaritan by police. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not ironic when you know. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. in the word in the words of uh uh what's your boy on the clips? Um 
Push a T. Damn mm. it. The, the name was eluding me. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you know, you know. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, anyway. it's terrible. I'm sorry to to the Price family and to that this happened to him, but we go through this constantly. The again, I am full wholeheartedly um, uh, for abolishing the police, defunding the police. They are they were founded as a racist institution, so the only thing that they can be is racist. If you don't stop what they're doing and rebuild it, then we can't ever be better. So you have to stop it. You have to start over you have to to be a better institution but you the current the way we are right now it doesn't matter it's it's not gonna make a difference yeah yeah i mean these are these are yeah funded public servants who are killing us and that's that's unacceptable Mm -hmm. that they they've broken the social contract that we have so we we have to change that we have to fix that yeah defund Mm -hmm. the police the one thing i could say about that when i read about it is my first response was at least this time they were arrested and he was charged with murder and it seemed Mm -hmm. like this case it didn't take a whole protest and grand jury and it didn't take all that in this thing when I you know first read the story so maybe you know because he's in Dallas right that's Dallas right yeah right outside Dallas yeah yeah yeah, I, I don't mean like we we would like to not be killed, but if they do kill us, charge them, prosecute them the way right. you would do. You would do it for anybody else. If someone, mm-hmm. if somebody kills a cop, they prosecute that person, they charge that person. That person goes to jail. Same situation. And yeah. the last thing before we get started, I'm just gonna say, and us reviewing Lovecraft Country, which is literally a show about the horror, like horrors of actual white supremacy and racism in America intertwined with like, you know, fantastical type of horror and magic. How many fucking AKAs have you been since we have (laughs) just been recording Mm -hmm. Lovecraft Country, Marcus? AKA this person, AKA that person, like, for real, like just in the last couple months. (laughs) So, whoo, yeah, 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 anyway. You would think that in the midst of a a pandemic that people would be, you know what, I I guess I had unrealistic expectations that I thought at the beginning of this pandemic, I was like, everybody's going to be home. People are going to come out of the pandemic, better people. I was optimistic. It seems like the pandemic has triggered even more fear, anxiety, scarcity, it's triggered more of that and it seems like these things have become more prevalent while we're supposed to be home social and social distancing yeah anyway if you have a leader that that instills all of those things instead of the opposite then that's what's gonna it's gonna trickle down you know leadership we're just we're just it's what we're feeling is what is is his leadership and what he likes to happen constantly unfortunately yeah it's sad we definitely send prayers and our support to the price family um and all the other families because now we have to talk about emmett hill's family so you know it just it's just the constant you know we're just constantly abused and having to go through this process over and over and over again um Mm -hmm. yeah so 
we are episode eight and I need to make a correction from our Instacast. I said Jigaboo and it's Jigabobo. I'm sorry, guys. I, I messed up. So I was like, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm a little bit slow. <laughs> um, so first I want to shout out Jada Harris, who plays D. We, um, she just did, this was her episode, just fun, phenomenal fantastic amazing Mm -hmm. bianca uh bruton who played bopsy and caitlin harris who played topsy because i think the show was it it, they they made the show what it was on this episode Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. those demons were dancing very well even though they were very scary so we open up yes so we open up the show um with emmett teal's wake where his mother um unlike a lot of other funerals that you know, and white people terrorize and basically torture black people. Um, usually you have a closed ca- uh, casket or the face has been, you know, un- unable to be reconstructed. You, you have a closed casket funeral. She um, decided to open the casket so that the world could see what they did to her child. So we kind of open up on, that's what we open up on this day. It's one of the hottest days of the year. You just have thousands of people just pressing together. And we know that Bobo was one of these best friends. And now we know that he's in Matil and he has now been killed, been murdered uh, by a white men. Um, people are going to interview the body, and D um, is with, uh, you know, um, Ruby, Tick, and Montrose, and she's just, you know, kind of just going through it. She's crying. There's all these people. It's hot. She kind of smells his decomposition in the air, um, mm-hmm. which is just, it. that to me kind of got, the second time of me watching it kind of got to me. I, I didn't catch it as much uh, the first time. I was like, yeah. I did. Jesus. But that that was that was real. Like yeah. I, I'm not I'm I don't know if it was real at the actual funeral, but mm-hmm. I know that that happened when um Mamie went to view his body. She okay. kind of said that the odor had was wafting through the air like two or three blocks. I, I like, believe wow. it because he was in, yeah. in the water for you know when you're in the water and submerged, your body goes through different types of composition, a uh, decomposition. Right. So yeah, I was like, oh, that it kind of that kind of. Uh, really upset me the second viewing i caught it the first time that's why i said i'm out i'm already already got me like i'm out you did say that at the beginning well i'm happy you stuck around and you you held on um so then we see uh tick and letty are kind of having an argument because letty thinks that they should tell d about her mom you know going we don't know where she is but she's not she's not coming back anytime soon and Tick is like, no, her her best friend just died. And then I like Letty was like, no, no, he didn't die. He was murdered. Um, time out for a second. Are we, we're not going to do themes this time? Like when we started? Okay. Uh, did you have some themes? Maybe? I didn't have, I didn't, You if you had a theme, I didn't have any themes. Um, I thought uh, one theme was just kind of, I thought the main theme was like self-preservation. Mm. I think kind of that's what they were trying to get across whether it was ruby trying to find some bit of happiness in the midst of this even if it was going back fucking christina uh kind of tick and letty and all of them mm-hmm. i want to say let letting d run wild but just kind of detaching themselves from that situation and being in their own thing was just trying like just self-preservation uh-huh. yeah and kind of if if that is if you are allowed to have that in a sense as uh, in the black community with all that we suffer through, because uh, the counter to that was when the two little girls were outside eating ice cream and they were being gleeful and happy. Mm-hmm. And Dee was kind of like, y'all don't get to be happy right now. Like, yeah. until what, what the fuck are y'all doing? So I just thought that was one of 
the main themes or okay. a theme or whatever. <laughs> Self-preservation. Yeah, and the theme that I wanted to highlight is just the the neglect of the a, um, a black girl, a black a young mm-hmm. black girl, like the the way the adult mm-hmm. in her life didn't seem to uh, I guess were preoccupied with their own things to really give her the, give her the attention that she needed. I mean, mm-hmm. her friend just died, her mo- yeah. her father died. I don't know what a month two months ago. Her mom is who knows where, and like again, yeah. Everybody else, everybody else is so concerned with, I guess, self-preservation that they don't even have the time to look after her and protect her and think about her. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think another um, moment where they were maybe trying to communicate that was when, it was like when Letty explicitly said Mamie had to have an open casket and she had to look at her own son's body and show the world. And I couldn't even, I couldn't deal with it. I could not, for my own mental health. Yeah and well-being I could not do it (laughs) yeah so like where's the line where's the line between this affinity and and uh like community with your fellow African-Americans or whoever while y'all going through this struggle and just trying to preserve your own mental health and heart and emotion because you can crack Mm -hmm. like you can crack if you know that's the whole point of I think when Ruby when Letty said that, Ruby was like, you need to take care of yourself, you know? Um, but right, I also feel like right. that comes with a, a grain of salt because that's what Ruby is really doing more than anybody at this point. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely um, mm-hmm. feel that is a theme. Yeah. Because I think and one then, of the overall things of the theme mm-hmm. of trauma, because if I'm mm-hmm. Letty, right, I understand why I wouldn't be able to see it. I mean, I was killed. So... Mm-hmm by a white person now mind you magic may have brought me back but i if i'm letty i understand why it's difficult um but even in these cases like we were just talking about jonathan price earlier and there have been so many aka's that you know that marcus has done throughout the time i have not i can't read these stories i can't look at the news Mm -hmm. to preserve my own spirit and my own mental capacity like I can't read all these or go deep into their stories the same way Letty couldn't because it's it's too much yeah yeah it gets to be overwhelming and you will either shut down or be so angry that you're overcome or overwhelmed so it yeah it is that what as black people we have had to learn certain coping mechanisms just to make it every day because we do have to, we have to reset, mm-hmm. like, and I, that's why I try to explain to non-Black friends, is that we have to start over at the first stage of grief almost daily. Yeah. You know, almost every day. Um, so imagine, you know, a white person or a non-Black person doing that maybe 10 times, you know, in their lifetime after having, like, close people pass away. Like, do, think about doing this motherfucking thing every day day right just to get out of bed so we can we can be members of the society we can get our kids together we can get take care of our spouses we can go to work like and we're going through this grief and being productive and living our lives like we're not our lives haven't stopped we're still trying to make those happen so it's those yeah those coping mechanisms that that have been um that are a lot for a lot of us are inherent yeah because we had to be taught those things yeah so anyway that was my the the, the theme i picked That's up a good on, theme. i thought Excellent. This to me was like this episode may have been the saddest and most horrific episode of the ones Mm -hmm. 
so far. Yeah. I don't know if it was because like D is a neglected child. Um, uh, in this case, she's an orphan and with no explanation as to as to why she's an orphan. The light that she had in the first episode by this episode has been like extinguished. Yes. And she is literally fighting demons mm-hmm. of picking in children, which I get, I don't know if that's her greatest fear, but she's literally fighting them. Yeah. By so herself. She can by herself. And not not only by herself, but she's the only one that can see them. Mm-hmm. And so it just got me wondering, like, what are our children haunted with? every day the only they can see and they can't verbalize it because that was the curse right the curse was mm-hmm. that she couldn't even speak it that yeah. she, this is what was going on so it's like what do our children who are witnessing this they can't speak it like what was haunting them and then mm-hmm. Montrose is trying to protect but in his trying to protect he actually caused more harm than good I don't know. This episode, yeah. it, it, was had- it was profoundly sad. I thought that was ironic that this girl who's fighting her own demons is being held back by a man who's fighting his own demons, if that makes sense. Or right. maybe it's truth mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then, I mean, and then it's a commentary on how society treats Black girls. Mm-hmm. Like we are you know, we have to grow up fast. We are over-sexualized. We are, like, young lady, when we later in the show hear the um, the voiceover in her speech, like, we are we are just seen as statistics, not people, you know? So, yeah, that was, um, yeah. yeah. And then to leave her with Montrose drunk ass. And then they wonder why they be like, Black women are angry. Yes, we're angry. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, they have a justified right to be angry. And 100%. I can't even show my anger. And then I think, like, <laughs> All the women have been angry and they've all expressed their anger in different ways. Letty, Ruby, Hippolyta, now D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's that statement? Yeah. Isn't it like black parents love their son and but raise their daughter or something? Something like that. Yeah, that's how that's the statement. Okay. Oh, well, I, I don't know that it's it. I don't know if it was just specifically black parents, but it's just like parents love their sons but raise their daughters. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. I understand that one. For those of us who have brothers, <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody had a flashback. <laughs> Saw it all on your on your face. Listen, I come here to be honest. I come here to show you guys my soul. I, come right. here, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I really don't hold much back from this crew. <laughs> to be totally honest with you. So, right. Yes. Right. Yes, but I do love him though. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Um, okay, so at the so we are back. Um, we're at the at the wake, and they haven't even gotten in, you know, to actually view the body. And um, as Tick and Letty are over there arguing, and they're kind of doing their own thing, um, Dee uh, just she kind of runs off. She was like, "They're not paying me no attention anyway, so let me just go and figure out what I got to figure out." And I was just like, "I would have been so I I do not have children." So when I babysit other people's children, I take extra dupe, super duper care of them. Cause I'm like, you are somebody else's child that had to like birth who and take care of you and like make you, I, I would not take my eyes off of somebody else's child. And I have them in my care. I am so ultra careful, but these people are just like, 
whatever see you later kid <laughs> you're strong <laughs> you know like give us five dollars a song <laughs> poor girl uh so we see that uh d has gone away from them and they're you know they all decide to, oh she's left so we'll figure out how to to find her which none of them actively try to find her to be totally honest um so we see see that Dee kind of goes downtown and she's looking in a toy shop or the um, kind of arcade and sees these two little girls and they're laughing. I mean, they're just living their everyday lives, but she's going through this prof- profound hurt and, um, you know, just over her friend dying, losing her parents. And she sees them and she th- starts to throw rocks at them. And then she starts to laugh. But I'm like, the feeling of you, when you have and I think all of us have probably been there in different ways when you just feel so down or you have so much grief or anxiety or you're so upset and angry. And then you start to just laugh like with tears, like that, mm-hmm. that release is something that I have felt that's been, I have not thrown rocks at people, but I have done things that probably are kind of fucked up, but I'm like, okay, I needed that. Like I, I saw mm-hmm. in her face, she needed those tears to come down that way. I did, I'm happy. I'm not sad. I'm not happy that she threw those rocks, at those little girls, but Right. I've been there. I've been there where you're trying to process these feelings, but you don't quite know how to, and you just need a release. So I definitely felt that, um, felt that with them. So then we see here come Lancaster. Um, and so he rolls up on D uh, in the street and he's tracked, tracked her down because Arinthia blue, the comic book that she gave to her mom was in the, um, observatory. So he's found her now and they basically bring her into an alley. And I'm happy that um, on Lovecraft Radio, the lady that uh, guest guest starred with them this week um, said that she, her fear was that she was going to be raped, and that was my first fear. I was like, they're gonna they're gonna assault her. That was the first thing my mind went to, like bringing right. anybody into uh, a little girl into an alleyway. Um, so I was, you know, a little bit of relief. But then they decide to curse her. Um, so they write this, this like little things of chalk on the ground. And then he spits on his hand and puts on her forehead. And I was like, in, I know in the black community spitting on somebody, spitting on somebody is like one of the biggest forms of disrespect. So it was just like, it was gross. It was disrespectful. It was disgusting. I was like, I don't like this. That is a complete yeah. disregard for human life. Complete disregard for human life. Mm. Yeah, that was terrible. Well, um, he, so he, sorry, end up, human. Mm-hmm. I think he, yes. He, he already saw her as dead. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care about her. So he they cursed her in the alleyway. Um, and then what I missed on the first go around, did y'all see the cream of wheat eye, yeah. the guy in the cream of wheat had eyes move? I was like, oh yeah. no, he moved. Like, oh shit. That was actually um, and that ad in one of the trailers. Really? I didn't pay it attention went. to it. I didn't pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, that was actually in one of the trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Montrose uh, one time, but (laughs) (laughs) Montrose, what you doing? Just being drunk. Uh, One of the um, I listened to uh, Think Story, and he breaks down the episode as well. And he actually did a snapshot of that ad, and it's super fucking racist, dude. It's it's really bad. Like the level of, and I'm like, I do eat cream of wheat. I you know I never thought about how racist like everything is. (laughs) But that, that shit, if y'all go to Think Think Story on YouTube, you will read that. And that's some fucked up shit. I didn't even write it down. I was like, I can't with my life today. I can't handle this as well. I was, yeah, I was watching some YouTube videos. They did a breakdown of a lot of that. They even went to, uh, they broke down the little girls eating ice cream because I had forgotten this. You know, it was once upon a time against the law for black people to eat the how, ice cream. I, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. Oh my God. That. I can't wrap my mind around it. That's like, that's this country 
this country, especially when, you know, vanilla, the vanilla bean itself is black as fuck. I mean, it's, it's, it's black as fuck. And they have sanitized it to be this white, gorgeous, beautiful, you know, perfect white is, is innocent. And I'm just like, wow. Like, Girl, not even country, that skinny, but God. the vanilla bean is an import. It's, it's, uh, it's not even from here. Yep. Yeah. I know most of us, most of it isn't, but I'm just, I'm just saying to I mean, sanitize it's, something because it's black anyway to white, you literally whitewashed it and then banned us from eating it. And, and if we're looking at colors, it's my fucking color anyway. We can't even, we can't even have a nail. I mean, it's like they, they, it's, it's, it's part of their identity for some reason. Like, you, you know, like white identity seems to be like so fragile that like it, they put like a statue, you turn out a statue. They feel like they're being attacked. You eat vanilla ice cream. They feel like they're being attacked. Like it's uh it's too much. A mess. So um we see that uh so she runs off and they kind of leave her alone. Uh then back, we're back at Letty's house where we see Gia has um come and she is waiting for Letty in her like waiting room area or her, like little living room area. And we know that her house is a you can come and rent a room. So she was like, oh, or, you know, how can I help you? You want to rent a room? She was like, uh, no, you know, she came to find sick. <laughs> She's like, not quite, not quite, boo. Right. <laughs> so um, then that is, we just see her that there, and I like how they shot that scene because you see each woman in a different room, but the camera shot was from um, kind of a, a up top angle. Mm-hmm. So it was just a cool way to like, if you were a person walking down the stairs, you would have seen both of them and not kind of know what was going on. I thought that was a really I was a came, cool way to shoot. I would have came down them stairs, seen both of them, and turned right the fuck around, be like, Ooh, <laughs> I, I ain't going down there. <laughs> Nine tails is here. <laughs> that's some tension. That's some tension. I feel it already. It looked like uh, CCTV video footage to me because I thought somebody was about to get murdered. Oh, you murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness she didn't pull them tails out. Good <laughs> going, right. Gia. So uh, then we cut to a uh, tick, um, you know, he was looking at his watch when they were at the wake and everyone's like, what do you, I mean, what are you in rush for? Calm down. So we come to find out that he is going to be Christina and he goes to her family's mausoleum in the graveyard. Um, he basically wants to make a deal with her. He promises her like, I'll give you Hiram's key. We know that's what was in the Ori and that turns on the time machine. He said, but in exchange for you teaching me the invincibility spell. Um, and then he says, because it's my birthright. And she was like, Darky, calm down. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, your girl, you ain't got enough. You, you ain't got enough whiteness to claim that. Oh, I couldn't write that shit down. I didn't even write that in my notes. I was like, it was just too much. <laughs> Please, <laughs> Please. Uh, Then Christina tells him, you know, she knows that he has uh, Titus's pages, and she says. You know, many men have died, you know, died trying to find it. Even Hiram lost his arm. And then I, yeah, I remember when, when Tick was down there, he, that arm was kind of just laying yeah. in, was stuck in the uh, door. I was like, mm-hmm. that was Hiram poor arm. I asked you all if that was Hiram's arm. I said, was that we ain't no arm? It sure <laughs> we know nothing. We ain't know. We will we don't never know what's going on in this show. What you talking about? <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I was poor Hiram. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You did ask that though. You did bring that up. So now we have confirmed that was Hiram's arm that Tick had just pulled out and put his own arm in so they could open the the, uh, the secret hatch. Um, and then Christina tells him, you know, to ta- to cast a spell, you need three things. You need energy, 
intention and a body. And that's how you avoid upsetting the balance of nature without a disaster. He was like, that's what happened to Titus that he, you know, didn't know what he was doing and messed with the mess with things and blew things up. So this is how you do it. And then so who she was kinda, the body mm-hmm. though. Like who was the body that tick used to cast his spell? I ain't understand. It was I feel so like, body, wasn't it? Well, I feel like that's where that she, because I don't trust Christina, she kind of speaks in those riddles. I feel like to do true magic, you know, they use Tick's body as the conduit. Then when you see Christina mm-hmm. using the dead bodies, I think it has to be, not be your body or somebody, it needs to be someone you're able to sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? Right, not someone that you love or you. No, but she never told the case because she did magic on Letty. You don't, but we don't know who she took that, that from. I don't, don't know who she took that be from. a dead body. I just think you have to be have a body. That's what. I but mean. I'm just like, well, what was the tick cast? Did a cast a spell? Mm-hmm. Where was what was the body? His it dad. His I think. He, I think it was. I think it was his dad. So you don't. So it doesn't have to be a dead. A dead. A, you don't have to sacrifice. Well, I think I think you have to somebody. I think you have to be willing to sacrifice another person. So you feel like Montrose will eventually be that sacrifice for that particular spell? I do because when you think of magic and like in high fantasy, you have to take you have to take the energy from something. Like if you want to be a living thing or do something, you have to take it from that living thing to do something. If I if if I usually if something that you do to make like life happen, you know, you might say like an ET factor, then the the flower dies. Because now he's making another thing come alive. So I feel like that's the balance in nature that she was talking about. So I don't know if it's a dead body necessarily, but I think it has to be another person that you're willing to not care about what happens to their body so that you can accomplish the magic. Well, I don't know if it's a you don't have to care about. So in this scene, I think in this scene, um, Tick was the body, but in the future is going to be Montrose because Montrose said like I will be the sacrifice essentially mm-hmm. that's what he said so I think yeah. eventually it'll be Montrose but Montrose won't be dead to do it he's he he volunteered himself for tribute yes but he will be sacrificed like he's not going to live through this if well, they're if they're going to do real magic some something's going if you're going to make something happen and live something has to die that's the balance in the unit that's the balance in nature right yeah I think he's willing to die but you don't have yeah. to start dead in order for it to work yeah not necessarily have to start dead but her i guess the potion is the only thing that you have to do if you want to change your metamorphosis then get the, get to a dead person um then she shows him the symbol on the wall so she kind of does it um in the dust and this is the symbol that you have to do the protection symbol that we've been seeing all over the place um then he asks her you know what are you going to do during the autumn equinox and basically christina says you know she's going to use that time to become immortal. That's what she's going to use a spell. Uh, so that, the, uh, the uh, uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Autumnal equinox is when mm-hmm. the sun is directly above the equator on the earth. That is the mm-hmm. perfect balance between night and day on earth. So that's when that perfect balance that she keeps talking about, that's when it makes sense to do this spell. And she was also shocked that he knew what the fuck was going on right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but her, she didn't question it, but she yeah. was like, hmm. Hmm. I wonder. I mean, think Might about be it. a little I'm, bit more to tick. But but my thing is like they've done all the hard work for her. Like they've literally. <laughs> she's just like I'm gonna sit back, let these black people do all the hard work. These darkies do all the hard work for me. Give me that key. Hey. Give me the papers. I mean, they've literally done everything for her. All she's doing is taking, 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 right. taking. 
What did Tick learn about Tick learned about the autumnal uh autumn what is it? Autumnal. Autumnal. Autumnal equinox. He learned about that when he went through the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through the portal. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy he didn't tell her too. I was like, ooh, keep your cards to your chest, buddy. Right. Like, you guys, you guys are not good at doing that. <laughs> good gracious. Um, so then we see Dee goes home and Montrose is waiting for her. You know, he said he was going to go home and see if she, you know, shows up there. Uh, Dee is basically confronting him. Like, I'm tired of everybody lying to me. You, you, I know you're lying about my mom. What happened to her? You know, she already doesn't have her dad. So she's just so upset. And then he's like, like, you need a, an adult. You calm the situation down. Police, calm the situation down. You don't escalate it. You escalate it. it. You de-escalate. De- Come on down. Right. So she runs into the bathroom and she puts on her um, baseball cap and her chucks. And she, you know, he's yelling through the door, kind of trying to tell her about, you know, in Tulsa, this happened. And, you know, they're always going to come for us, but you make them work for it. So he's trying to, you know, kind of prepare her like this is what's going to happen to you no matter what. Like bad things are going to happen to you. They're, bad people are going to always be happening to you. White people are going to try to destroy you, but you have to make them also, work Also, that for cap it. was a shout out mm-hmm. to uh, the Negro League. Uh, baseball team mm-hmm. yeah. yes yes and yeah. i didn't know that i didn't um i didn't know that that uh, that that cap was a negro league baseball team yeah learn something new i love it this show is so educational for blacks i love it <laughs> um and then as she's in the bathroom kind of getting ready that she sees a book um uncle tom's cabin and it falls on the floor um kind of when she's in there and then the radio starts playing this crazy song um and uh she sees on the cover of the the book is what's these pickaninnies that are a very racist term um but that as a uh character a racist character that white people created to make fun of black people and so the book kind of flies off the shelf falls on the floor um and uh, just as a side note uncle tom's cabin was the second best-selling book of the 19th century right behind the bible right so another little um, no- i didn't realize that another note on that is that uncle tom's cabin was actually anti-slavery mm-hmm. um and but but as usual racist took she had good intention uh mm-hmm. but she still uh wrote the character as um you know yeah a, a racist stereotype and then racist then took it and ran with it and became minstrel shows and yeah. that's where uh topsy and you know continued and all that so yeah. just crazy that you take something that's supposed to be anti-slavery and anti-racist mm-hmm. and you managed to make it racist anyway <laughs> okay <laughs> good job white people america <laughs> yikes uh so she runs out the window and uh, montrose breaks in breaks the door down and he sees the book on the floor and he picks it up um and puts it back you know he just kind of has it in his hand and he's kind of paying attention to the, to the cover of the book as well um so then we cut to uh ruby returns to Christina Williams house um, after the wake has happened and there's this white man um, that kind of you know confronts her and asks her is she supposed to be there blah 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 and she starts to get upset she was like yes I'm you know I'm supposed to be here no I'm not the damn maid and then uh, William kind of you know he rolls up in the car and you know basically he doesn't what irritates me and I know Kim told me he's a racist but like he doesn't call the white people out he just kind of like smooths the situation over and it just makes me so fucking angry like that's what I'm like you just call these people out like you're a jerk calm down I mean it, it I goes, calm down. he doesn't it calm goes down. back to the term silence of violence yeah 
So um, he comes and he kind of calms everything down. And Ruby is basically, she's shaken up. She's crying. She says, he looked like a monster. And as we know that that is, a, that is an underlying theme for this entire, um, this entire show is, you know, who are the real monsters and who, you know, you know, and I think we all know who those people are. Um, so then they go in the house. I'm not going to get deep dive into this. She takes a potion, <laughs> becomes white Hillary, and then they fuck. And then I'll, and then it was just too much. It was just too much. It was too much for me. <laughs> Now that was, was a wet so ass pussy. That was a wet ass pussy. Because I mean, <laughs> that's gross. That's just gross. That was wop. That was really. That was wop. That was real. That was definitely wop. <laughs> um, I love following Misha Green. Uh, if you guys don't follow her on Twitter, you can ask her questions on Twitter about the show, and she like answers you honestly. Um, as long as it's not a spoiler. So people ask, you know, ask like, how hard was this scene to to film? And she said it was one of the most difficult film uh, scenes that they ever had to film. Because that CGI really? had to be perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get the CGI, their bodies. Like, it's a lot that goes into it. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But it yeah. was it was gross. I'm like, they need to, I feel sad for their maid because it's just body parts all over the place and, mm-hmm. sli- and bloody slime. So we see that D, um, we find out that D is actually trying to get to Letty's house. So she goes to the train station and she's kind of standing on the platform and she sees something out of the corner of her eye. And we see that they, it's the, character of the piccaninny on the cover of uncle tom's cabin it's topsy and bopsy Mm -hmm. and they are you know messed up faces and they have claws and they're clearly she realizes real fast that she's the only one that can see them so oh my god they're like coming after her she's immediately panicked and so she tries to get on the train and i um, I, wait i just want to say that when that scene like you said in the um instantate when Mm -hmm. they showed it and you knew something was coming the music that they played, it was like yeah. chopped and screwed. And it was like, yeah. it was freaky. And I know and that Jordan- And their were moving to it. They yeah. Were to screw, and yeah. I know Jordan Peele had his hands all over that because he oh. know how to fuck with you in some music. Like- <laughs> that, that reminded me, that, that scene took me back to us. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. He, I'm like, I'm from Texas. So we chop and screw our music. So I'm like, right. I don't know who on their staff is from Texas too. There's somebody in there from Houston because they chopped and screw and shit. But when they started moving like that, I was like, oh, this is going to be the end. <laughs> um, and then Mimi kind of told us about like these Piccaninny characters um, in what, what white people would uh, make them seem is that they were uneducated. They were stupid. They were usually dark skinned. They were always dancing and eating watermelon and fried chicken. So a lot of the stereotypes that a lot of us currently especially on the podcast have to overcome still were kind of rooted in these characters and how white people portrayed them on the stage right so i was like oh and I, I didn't know a lot about uh picking it uh top tipsy or topsy or whatever i didn't know i knew uncle tom's cabin but i didn't know mm-hmm. a lot about i had never researched what these characters were um so then we cut to letty's house and we see that Jean, you know uh, letty you know, saw her a couple, the episode, uh, the scene a couple of scenes ago, we saw them kind of meet and she's sitting down at the table and she's talking to Letty and she's telling her uh, that in uh, Tick walks in, she's telling she's a Kamoho, she's a nine-tailed fox spirit that we um, confirmed. Like we said, that uh, Tick said, oh, you're a succubus. And I was like, okay, now that, that in our Western culture is what we call you. And then she, Tick wants to know, you know, how, you know, how will he die? But Gian, Gian never saw how it happened. Do you guys think she's telling the truth or she just doesn't want to tell him how it happens? Do you think she didn't see I think it? she's telling the truth. Okay. I, I, I don't think she, 
No, I, you know, I think she saw him hanging there, but she doesn't have the context for like yeah. where he is, right. when it is, and yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh man. So um, you know, tickets like, like, why are you even here? Like, if you can't tell me nothing, you don't know what you can't break crack the code, and why are you wasting our time? And you know, lady was like, because she loves you, she wants to save you. And um, then Tick is really super mean to her um, and put, you know, again, pushing her away. And he tells her, you know, what they had wasn't real. And he's like, get the fuck out. And I was like, I just want Jihad for one time to be like, well, fuck you then. Ooh. And just, I just, <laughs> like, I really want them tails. You ain't got them tails. Get one. This, not not I mean, get one of them tails and knock that dude out. With a hard <laughs> F, like a hard sh- Elf stressed on that elf, you know. Oh, it's I mean, but, but really though, why are you here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You got that, that yeah. coming from. She she captain save a hole. She gonna come through with them tails and knock and and save his life. Who she gonna? But I guess you like what? what? Oh. But I guess like if 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 you get a vi- if you get a vision of someone mm-hmm. dying and you don't have the context and you want to save them, you probably would go to them and be like, I saw you hanging. Maybe you can give me some clues. Like maybe we can work it yeah. out together. But you know, he's just like, if you can't tell me everything and get the hell out of my house, like I'm, I came here so we can work this shit out together. What you talking about? <laughs> you coming back to talking to yin yang. It's funny. Ain't nothing to work out. Once you came to this house, Condola, and saw I had another girl, you need to walk back out. Oh my God. We really need to heal you from oh Condola. We, you need to yeah, we deal. really do. We're going we really to go tap Lady, go to the church and pray for you. I'm just saying, yeah, and G.I. I could have told him that over the phone. She, she tried to. He kept hanging up the way. phone on her. He, she tried he did. She, he he kept hanging up on her. She was like, God, <laughs> I'm definitely you know, not flying and, all the way across the ocean to get to you just so you can close the door in my face. She loves him. She's in love with him. I think it's obvious that Jiha is a a nicer person. She's the more, the most human of of everybody in here. She ain't even human. She's not even human. (laughs) She's she's supposed to be the monster, but she's the most human. Yes. I was like, I had to go get get my shoe outside and throw my shoe at him or something. And he was like, (laughs) I'm not going to die. And I was like, well, one day, guy, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) I'd have been like, bitch, you could die right now. Yeah. Say something else. Tickets. Let me get out one of these tails. Tickets juggling, juggling a lot and GI is only adding to the confusion when she doesn't when she's not able to provide when she's not able to provide answers to the questions. Well, he had to talk to her like that. Uh, so then we saw, you know, Tick goes upstairs and Letty basically is getting his stuff together and throws him out of the house and wants to know where he's going. Um, so in that scene, <laughs> yeah, she was like, where are you going? I'm like, let's get this all to get the hell out. Um, but in that scene, this shit, it caught Get me out. Where you going? Yeah, where you going? <laughs> you leave. Don't go. Don't leave. Leave where you go. No, no, don't go. Um, <laughs> in the scene, and, it, and I, I, I heard it the first go around, but the second time that she hit me in my, it hit me in my ovaries, guys. She what? was like, she was like, she told him, you know, since you've been here, everybody, everybody but you done died since you've been back. And I was like, damn. Yep. You know what? Yeah, I was like that. I was like that. I had to, I rewound it. I was like, did she just it, say what I think she said? Everybody got that, but you. It, it really hit me when she went back to that old, old broken ass Negro spiritual uh, English. Everybody done died. Everybody done died. <laughs> she she felt that. She, she felt that. She. Everybody done died. That did that. That Negro spiritual. 
That came straight from Selma, Alabama. Everybody <laughs> done died. <laughs> but you, since you've been back, then that it hit me in my, it hit my fallopia too. Um, it hit him too. It sure did. <laughs> that, that was that was a blow, dude. That was a blow. Right. Um, so then Tick, you know, basically goes down to the base and he's collecting everything. He tells her, you know, he's like, where are you going? He's like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to cast a spell um, that I got from Christina. Um, I gave her the Ori key. And then, you know, Letty's like, why? Because Letty keeps telling them, her, Letty and Montrose keep saying the same fucking thing. This woman has set a game up that you will not be able to win. You don't know how to play this game. You don't know how to play the white man game because he's never taught it to you. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't know how to play chess, why are you pulling up to the chessboard and you know how to play checkers? You, come on, Mel, Mel, why are you coming to the space table when all you know how to play is Uno? That's <laughs> just so true. All I don't know how to play is Don't Uno. come over here. Don't come over here. <laughs> you, you get shot. Okay. Man, I can't win. But Tick did so, say he was broken. Yes, yeah. So that she he did, you know, put a little bit, put a little. I'm like, okay, good job. I hope I hope he just broke it and gave it to her like dummy idiot. Bye. So uh then we cut back to Ruby um and Christina, and I was like, I decided it. That was a, a awkward conversation with Ruby and Christina. <laughs> um, so Ruby and Christina are, you know, they had their their strange foursome that was really only two people, but it really was foursome, but I can't, I don't know, it's too much. So <laughs> <laughs> So Ruby uh, basically asked Christina, you know, does she care about Emmett Till's murder? Um, she says, you know, she's, I mean, she's upset at this point. She was like, you know, I need, what do you feel about it? What do you feel about his murder? You know, she's like, I am tired. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted. We have, just a conversation we just had uh, earlier in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, have to keep going through this over and over again. I want you to feel shameful. She said, but you'll never understand. Like, you'll never understand because you're not black. You, I want you to feel guilty, you know, for feeling safe for, because you have privilege. So she's telling Christina this, but I'm like, at the end of the day, Christina can't, you know, can't feel that because she's not black. Yep. You know, um, then Ruby says, uh, she, she says, I should be on the South, South side with my people. Um, you know, and she's like, I took that potion because today of all days, she didn't want to be another black, a black woman fucking a white man. And I was like, but nobody twisted your arm. Right. But, Christina okay. was like, and, yeah. and, and yet was, you aren't on the South right. side with your people. You're here fucking a white man. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you really wanted her to understand. She didn't you make you come like, here. Christina, come to the South side with me. Let's see what's going mm-hmm. on. No, gotcha. instead, you yeah. totally left the South side so you can get your your rocks off exactly. as a white woman and the black woman and then child Ruby let me tell you something one character I can do without is Ruby them jigs to her sticking stilettos of people's asses to her being confused about the black whiteness like girl go she can go I'm starting yeah. to like her now I, well I feel like Ruby and Christina's relationship is probably one of the most intriguing things stories going on right now <laughs> honestly too they're they're in a poly relationship with two people but it's really four like it's so much going on <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's just like she it's like a throuple but, plus one uh-huh it's like a yeah, yeah but it goes back to the self-preservation i was saying like mm-hmm. she didn't want to deal mm-hmm. with it she wanted to 
She was just Halle Berry and Monster. She just Monster's ball. She just wanted to feel good at that yeah. moment. And Chris and William is who makes her feel good. But she still, <laughs> she still couldn't be, she still couldn't see herself on the on the day of Emmett Till's funeral yes. in this black body fucking the white because, guy, even though that makes her feel But good. you're still well, black, black for ass. You should have been doing yeah. was trying to find yeah. You had a whole child over here who you were supposed yes. to be looking after. You just yes. let this child talk about, I can't take I can't take you. I want Ruby to go somewhere. Her and all her confusion. Go on somewhere. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was like, why are you not at the repast? I'm confused. You need to be helping people serve food. You need to be getting people water at the funeral home. Like, I was like, you need to be of service. Like, if that, if that, if you care so much and you are so taken back, then be of service to people on this day that they need service and need help. Um, but yes, I do 100% agree. Or, or, go, or go find the child that you The child who was of. in your care. Lord help. So then Christina tells, when I tell you this white lady, she... Yeah. Christina, uh, uh, Abby Lee, is that her name? Abby Lee? Is that her name? Abby Smith? What's her name? Abby, Ooh. whoever. Christina's real name is Abby. Uh, yeah, Abby somebody. Oh. She looked, because in, in real life, she looks kind of alien. And that scene, her the way the sun hit her eyes, I'm like, dude, you look like a complete alien. But she told, she got her, she got, she gathered Ruby ass up. Because she was like, no, I don't care about, you know, Emmett Till's murder. She didn't care about the two guys that murdered him. She was like, um, she didn't see pain in Ruby's eyes when they were fucking. She said, I saw you being reborn. You know, this day of all days, all you wanted Ruby was to be a woman who wanted to get what she wanted, which was to get fucked. Mm-hmm. She wanted that self-care. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like if that's what you're going to do, huh? No, I didn't, I, didn't mean to, like, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, her name is Abby Lee Kershaw. Okay, Abby Lee. So she, my thing is, even if that's what you wanted and you did it, then just be honest about it. That's what I think that's what irritated me. I'm like, and that's why I'm happy Christina called her ass out. Just be honest. That's what you want. It's okay to want to get a release, but don't act like you care so much about somebody else when you were just over here trying right. to, trying to do what you need to do. Hey, do come on. Right. The same thing that she was getting on Letty about. She is critical. She is confused. She is neglectful. She is of no help or service. Now, if she don't come through with some magic potion or some key to this thing by the end of the story, I'm really going to be like, kill her. Murder, death, kill this character. Okay. Well, Ruby, you you do not have a fan over here. (laughs) Well, I like Ruby. I'm a fan. That's, I I'm, like a, I'm a fan of Ruby. I'm starting to like her. I'm starting yeah. to like her. She is pretty, and that is it. That is her use. I, I like I like Ruby because shit, she to me is like there's so many people like Ruby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they looking out for themselves. They they do care for other people in certain situations, but then they also don't want to deal with it. And they just like I just want to get fucked. But the, she is a real fucking person. <laughs> like I think everybody in the show is like real in the same way that. Atticus is is fucked up. He has his good size and he has his bad side. Mm-hmm. Every everybody has their good and their bad. Even even yeah. Letty. So Ruby's another character that got good and mm-hmm. bad. Who has Ruby cared for this whole time? This whole Ruby literally Ruby literally been carrying Letty her whole damn life. <laughs> I'm talking about in these ep- in these eight episodes. Who has Ruby? She cared was. For? Well, Just, I, was- I mean, very poorly, very poorly. D. <laughs> 
I would say she hasn't got enough screen time to really care for somebody like that. I mean, the show centers around Atticus and Liddy and Montrose. She has gotten yeah, enough have. screen time to care. The one person she was supposed to care for, she let them run off, and, and now they being tortured by demons. That's the one person. <laughs> <laughs> the one person. I kind of feel like um I kind of feel like in a sense Ruby feels old this like if she felt like she took care of Letty and was the responsible one and took care of the mom and took care of Letty all her life she's at a point now where she's like I want to just be pleasured myself I just want to feel some pleasure and be selfish for the first time ever I want to do me all so. her life she had to fight but she can fight off this show I feel but that's just me <laughs> Okay. Y'all go ahead. y'all three can love Ruby. I don't. She's gonna have to do something quite redeeming she's just, for me. She's just oh, an Lord. interesting character. She's gonna she's gonna bring I think she's gonna come back. I think she'll make you excited. I think she's gonna make you happy. She'll come back. I believe in her. She I is the Sansa of this show for me. Okay. Oh no. Oh, that makes sense. I do love Sansa. That makes sense. I did not. <laughs> so we, this we know. This we know. Being hating on my friend Sansa. So uh, we see that Dee finally makes it to Letty's house. And as she walks up, she sees three white girls doing like jump rope. And not until I got up close to my closed captioning, they were singing a song about Topsy. And it's, that, shit was, mm-hmm. that yeah. shit was racist as fuck. Yeah, they were. They were. That, that reminded me of Nightmare on Elm Street too. Oh, that was Elm Street 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely Freddie. So I was like, okay, I got you. Um, then Letty, uh, basically, she tries to tell her what's going on, and Letty dismisses her because, as we know, when she tries to tell someone what's going on to her, her, her throat basically closes up. She can't talk, talk to them. So Letty just dismisses her, and she walks off and leaves Dee at the house, and then Topsy and Bobsy are on their way down the street to get her again. They're, trying to, they're still stalking her. Um, then she... Um, when she looks over, she tries to walk away and she sees that her mom's, uh, that Woody, the car, is kind of stashed back there at Letty's house mm-hmm. and it had her, all her mom's stuff in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yikes. So, she, so now she knows yeah. some shit going down. Right. She definitely knows she ain't you know, no damn God book, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, God book. Why didn't Tick um, just then, tell mm-hmm. them? Why didn't Tick, or yeah, why didn't Tick just tell them? Tell D. Tell, tell who? D. Oh, yeah. tell D. Well, you, he, cause he felt like it was too much. He felt like th- that's what he said. It was like her best friend just died. Her dad's already died. Like it's too much right now to tell her the truth where lady was like, no, we need to tell her the truth. But I'm like, she's gonna, he's trying to protect her, but in the way that Tick knows how to protect, which is with, withholding information. And I've, he's probably holding out hope that he can get, Hippolyta can just come back and we can act like this didn't happen. But um, somebody also made a good point that because Tick went to the future, he probably knows everybody going to be fine anyway. Um, <laughs> like he may have seen Hippolyta and D in the future. So he's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's not as worried as everybody else is. I sure hope they're okay in the future. Good gracious. So I'm like, how are we going to get her back? We need to go right now and jump through these portals and figure something out. Um, so Montrose... Then the next scene, um, so, oh, and then, so Bopsy and Topsy basically uh, chase her and then they get, they see her at the car and uh, she runs away. She gets away from them again. Um, she gets on her bike. And then we see Montrose and Tick are sitting on a curb. So it's really, because it's so hot um, in a lot of Northeastern cities and a lot of Midwestern cities, the the power grids are really old. So a lot of times when you overwhelm the power system when it with AC units, like the city goes into blackout. So it's kind of like happening right now in Chicago. Um, so they're sitting on the curb and Tick said, do you cheat on my mom? And I was like, that really came out of left field. Like that was a warm up. Like I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> um, and Montrose tells him, you know, he never cheated on her on his mom, that he and his mom had more of a familial love, you know, um, that he loved her and that he really just wanted a family. And that's what she helped him to get. Uh, he says that when he was a, a boy, one of his pastors uh, that was found that he was doing some things um, with another man in a park and they, the police came and basically arrested him and they lobotomized him and put him into an, an institution. Which back in the day, and being this, gay was, was against the law. So they could do right. that to you. And they did do that. Yeah. And this is where I was like, you know what? This is really just like uh, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Where but they lost they they lost everything in Tulsa. They found this bond due to Tulsa, but it, was, it wasn't like a romantic thing yeah. because uh, he was gay in both cases. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, and then, and they both each just had a yeah. son. I'm like, yeah. yo, like we were joking if Dr. Man hadn't flying <laughs> at the end of this damn story, but shit. Dude, I'm okay, die. now look. I'm gonna go get on the bed. Wait. I'm just gonna get in the bed and go to sleep for next next week. This this getting this getting a little too close. And I think next week we are gonna visit Tulsa. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see Sister Knight on the last not. episode. Jesus. <laughs> uh so um, so you know, she, and then Tick tells him that. Letty's pregnant, but she hasn't told him yet. And he was like, oh, you know, okay, well, how you know that? And then he gives him the book, Lovecraft Country, that his son has written. Um, so then he gets, hands it to Montrose and he's like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. Um, so that's kind of how that scene ends. He's he's being open now with his dad and they're talking very, very candidly. And he lets him know, like, you know, I, 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 let me tell you about the story of me going to the future and bouncing around the different places. And I'm really sad that I don't know if they're going to allow us, but I want to see what how Tick did all this stuff. I want to see his journey as well, but I don't think we're going to probably be able to see that in the last two episodes. Then we cut to Letty and she's praying in church and she's praying for, you know, Tick's safety. And she's also praying for Emmett Till's family um, uh, for the loss of their son. And she's, like I said, she was in our institute that she was just really praying a very powerful prayer. And then we see our friend, here come Christina, moseying on in. Uh, so Letty had told her to meet her there and Letty basically wants to exchange the pa- the negatives for the pages uh, so that she would put a, a invincibility spell on tick. Christina was like, no, bitch, I ain't doing that, but I'll do it for you. And I was like, right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. So I didn't help me to understand why she, Christina did that. Why would she put it on Letty? I don't understand. I don't. Does, does Christina know that she's pregnant just, too? You no, think? I, I just don't think Christina gives a fuck about any men. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. It's more of a, a yeah. I, I was all thinking, women. I was okay. thinking that she does intend to use to sacrifice to, right. to, to become immortal. So she can't. Right. That too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't think, I didn't think about that because she did. She, because she's, okay. For her to do her spell, he, she needs to kill. Yeah, him. I think she still needs to kill Tick, but I also think she just don't give a shit about me and either. <laughs> like, I'll protect that you. Yeah, yeah, because Chris, Christina sense. was that looking at Letty okay. like, "Why are you asking to protect him and not yourself?" Like, mm, come on, right? Yeah, I need y'all women yeah. to get out here and be just as ruthless and selfish as these men. Why are you trying to pray? Why are you praying to him? Why are you up here praying for Atticus? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That yeah. was she the original was feminist, like, right? <laughs> yeah, she was like, "You need to be in there praying for Megan Thee Stallion." What, what you praying for? <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out Megan Thee Stallion and her performance on um on Saturday Night Live. Right, well. and Letty was like, "Megan, who?" <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, the what? 
A horse? What is that horse at? Hey, her little mark did look like an M, though. The little, uh, the little thing. The little mark. The uh, cane. Hey, I just want to reiterate. Somebody, so, Christina. I just wanted to reiterate. Get you somebody to pray for you like she prayed for Tick. I'm telling you. No, but how about pray um, for yourself? Now, I'm about, I'm about to be like Christina. Or learn to pray for yourself <laughs> like she was praying for Tick. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's yeah. first and foremost. Man, what I, yeah, what I said crazy. a couple of episodes ago fuck a tick that's what christine was like fuck a tick, fuck a tick. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't wearing a hooker no. not at uh, all so uh, christine not at all uh so christina gives letty the mark of cain that's the protection spell that she put on her so we see that on her that's kind of burnt into her to her uh, stomach so now she now we know that she is going to be protected and she gave the negatives to christina for the pages uh then montrose and tick they decide hey we're gonna try this spell which I'm like "Mm, I don't think this is a good idea um my main notes in this scene before we even started I thought this was it was a really beautiful scene at the beginning when they're kind of sitting down talking because it's the first time you see them treating each other like humans like not even a father and son necessarily but just like they show tenderness they show care they were talking to each other you know in, in a respectful way Montrose called him son he didn't call him boy or you and ticks, you know, respond, you know, responded to him saying yes, sir, very respectfully. So I just, I like, I thought that was nice in, um, at the beginning of this scene when they're sitting on the couch. So tick tells him that uh, he gave Christina the key to the machine and to the Ori, but it was broken. So at least he, we know he's not a complete dumb dumb. Um, and then he said that in the future, when he traveled to the future, he said it was a lot of white folks uh, they were rioting. And then a woman in a hood with a robotic arm gave him the book and pushed him back through the portal. So this woman with a robotic arm and a hood, he didn't see her face, but she gave him Lovecraft Country that was written by his son. He was saying that it may be D. And yeah, that's what I was hearing, that it may be D. Um, then Montrose uh, says, you know, well, is, does the book have a happy ending? Like, oh shit. Because he was like, this is a book of our family. And then that's when I made the, com- the comment uh, last Sunday when I didn't know what meta meant, but I was like, this must be meta. So then he tells him about the the actual book that's based on this TV show that's yeah. about the book. It was kind of crazy. But it was cool. That, they, that way they did. It was cool. Um, then he says, well, uh, the book says that Christina fa- sacrifices me to become immortal on the autumnal equinox. And then Macho says, well, that's five days away. So um, he, you know, Tick, uh, you know, basically was like, well, dad, what should I do? Basically, you know, I, I don't know. And then Montrose lets him know that he's going to help him. He was like, I'm, so I can, I, I will rather sacrifice myself for my son and my grandson. So I thought that was, we saw Montrose becoming the man that we always wished that he would be. And I'm sure that Tick always wished that he would be. So I like, I like that he would, I don't want him to die, but I was happy that he It was the most entertaining kid. part of the episode. Like that episode had the most levity for me. When that fool said he was dyslexic and he was like, <laughs> If you got any more secrets, please. I was like, this is the funniest part of the show. We needed that. I needed that little break. Then when Montrose, you know, at the end, Montrose, uh, he said, amen. Then he crossed himself. Uh, <laughs> like right. He was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to come out of the base. I was like, me too. I, I said, you do. I'll do everything mm-hmm. you need to do. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, so then we cut to D. You know, she's still going around the city trying to crack this case and figure out what's going on, as well as outrun these demons that are chasing her. So she she follows uh, Lancaster to the lodge and she goes in and she basically asks him, you know, is my mama dead? And he was like, probably. You know, he, he didn't give a shit. He was like, probably. He don't even know where her mama is. Like, yeah, she's probably dead. She's probably gone. 
and uh, she he tells her that she's basically been cursed, cursed, but that he's able to remove that curse if D would get him the um, the Ori. And he was like, "You even know what that is?" She was like, "Yeah, I know what that is." I was like, "You are talking so spicy." I know you've been almost murdered all day, but let's bring it down one notch. So um, basically, she spits on him and spits on the on uh, Lancaster and. She was like, she's not having it. She's not going to help him. Um, she walks out and she was, and then she says, yeah, it smells in here. And we already know that she smelled death earlier that day. So it might be a very familiar um, scent. And, yeah, you know, that zombie dead man probably still in the closet. Good gracious. Um, and then at this time. No, I, I thought that was like a delay attack. Like he, he's, he's got like a decaying body, but also she called him a pig. Pig's stink. Yeah. So but I thought, yeah. It, it was just, that, that could have been it. I just, I just loved yeah. all that energy she had for fuck you, pig. I just, man, I just yeah. loved, I just I loved, loved it. her in this episode, man. Yeah. I love to see it. I love to see it. Yeah. Um, so then as D D walks out and as she takes off, you see Topsy and Bopsy chasing her or they're, they're kind of coming up on her. And she was like, she literally gives no fucks. And she was like, I'm about to run you down my bike and run you over. So she like basically faces off with them. And as this is happening, we hear a young lady, um, Naomi Wal- uh, Waldner. Uh, she spoke when she was 11 at the March for Our Lives um, that was about uh, school shootings mm-hmm. um, that had been happening. And you just, this beautiful, mon- a beautiful uh, her 11 year old saying this amazing speech about basically black girls, you know, we're not a part of the story. You know, we never make the front page when something bad happens to us, when we're shot or when we're stabbed and we are killed at a disproportionate rate than other people, but you guys just overlook us, we're forgotten. So it was really, that was very pivotal Pivotal um, that that was the overlay in that scene. They really do a good job with these, um, mm-hmm. with these monologues. Perfect. It was a perfect, it was perfect. So then, um, you know, as we said that, then it cuts back. This is when Tick and Montrose right after the, they try to do the, uh, the spell, but it doesn't end up working, working, unfortunately. So we kind of cut from them. Um, we don't know really what happens at the end of that. Uh, then we see, um, Christina wants to kind of go through to find empathy for what Emmett Till went through because, you know, basically Letty was like, you can never understand. You can never, because you're, because you're white and you have privilege, you can never understand what we go through as black people. And that's why you don't feel bad for, you know, basically feel bad for Emmett Till. And so Christina pays these two guys to basically kill her in the way that the two men that killed Emmett Till and they threw her in the water. But there's, and I feel like this was, um, Lovecraft, Lovecraft radio that said it like you don't have anything really to lose because she's she can heal herself. So I'm like, that was a that was a backhanded exactly. way to do it. Anything. It was an empty. It was empty because like the true, the true consequences yeah. of that situation, you will never feel them. You will never mm-hmm. be able to that fear. You won't feel that because you you're immortal or you you're invulnerable. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a waste. I was saying she should have had some black men do it so that she could really feel the hatred. You know, that's the what fear. she needed. The, the hate. hatred mm-hmm. of it. Somebody else said yeah. she should have had some black men do it. But I feel like that's the closest somebody like her who is literally, which is on, on top of being white and privileged, also has the privilege of magic where she can never die. <laughs> I think that's the closest she could ever get to relating, possibly relating. Yeah. So yeah. she did She did what she thought she could do to try to relate. Yeah. yeah. She gave but it she, a but, is what you're saying. 
she gave it a college yeah she gave it a college college, try give the old college try right no dice um so then we come back to letty's home where uh she's down in the basement and she's taking pictures um of emmett's wake and she's developing the film and ruby walks in and she basically is feeling guilty because she said you know she wasn't able to take a picture of him you know even though his mom was so strong and she was able to see you know have her son's casket open she didn't feel like she was brave enough you know um uh to take the picture of him so then that's when we talked about a moment ago where ruby was like you just need to take care of yourself you know you can't blame yourself you have to put yourself first and you know that's true and then not true at the same time <laughs> then letty basically tells her you know i'm pregnant and then when, when ruby when ruby turned around she was like bitch real you know she was gonna say bitch for real you i know you let this dude you like, just let this dude bust off on you like that for real this and she to talk oh, about come you. on now Did he call <laughs> she having sex with men women that's the same person <laughs> yeah but you can't get pregnant from that ain't no lasting effects from that one like William going in that wrong. Like girl, save your save your judgment. That is funny. Check yourself. Check your privilege. <laughs> oh, so then Ruby uh tells her, you know, that I know about magic. You know, she knew about she knows about what happened to George. She knows, and she says Christina and William are basically the same person. She was like, Yeah, I am fucking this white man, but he's actually Christina Bright White. And she was like, Oh, damn. I just wanted to say real quick, um, when she when that scene happened, I was like, you know what? Yeah it's it's funny that christina does speak in riddles and stuff but it's almost like christina yeah. has been the most honest person in the show everybody mm-hmm. else is hiding christina just will flat out tell you but she she's not yeah. telling the like okay in the end i'm gonna kill tick and i'm gonna do this that and the other she's leave, she leaves out little stuff like that but shit she's like oh yeah i'm i'm willing yeah i'm gonna do this yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah she t- she doesn't tell the whole truth yeah. she tells the truth but she don't tell the whole truth yeah and everybody yeah, else just hiding yeah. secrets and run it around and like okay yeah yeah it's a mess um then ruby um ruby's telling her you know she, you know letty's like you did she, she say you could spy on us like she's crazy she's trying to warn her she was like girl i'm not trying to get mine she was like i want what she has you know she, i want magic that's why i'm doing this and i want to be this white lady and i'm going to create my own spaces and i was like all right boo boo good luck with that <laughs> um so yeah i was like this is not going to end well for you black lady so uh, they hear this commotion upstairs and they run upstairs and then we find out that uh, Lancaster and his uh, police have come to her house and they basically just opened up fire and they're just shooting in the windows and in the doors they're just shooting up the place like it's a damn okay corral or some bullshit. Oh, oh let me see right before that uh, he comes to the door to t- he lies to them and is like I have a warrant because we have some uh, Muslim agitators who are um, from the nation of Islam who live here and she was like give me a break so one of the policemen walked in but of course we know the blood is still on the door and he is Lancaster is bounced off so now Lancaster is very cognizant that Letty and Ruby know that there is magic and that this now that their house is protected so that's when he goes back and they start shooting up the place he's like I'm gonna get what's mine I'm like it's actually not yours calm down you don't even belong in this order dummy um so then we saw that scene was really cool is that Letty said they were all on the floor because the gun, the bullets were coming through the, the uh, windows and Letty sets up and the bullets just start bouncing off of her like raindrops. Yeah. So like, I like how they, I like how they shot it. Yeah, that was pretty. That nice. was hot. She was so unbothered. Yeah, no, she was so unbothered by them bullets. Uh, then Tick pulls, comes up and he is like, oh God, what's 
going on and he has he has his hands in the air like don't shoot you know I don't I don't have any guns and as we know this happens to black people all the time we can do exactly what the police tell us to do we can follow all the rules and still be murdered yes um so he has his hands in the air and then the, the one of the cops turns around and just shoots a bullet like I mean he literally is a man standing in the street yeah. literally it's all he is yeah and and the fact that he had his do- his dog tags on the outside of his shirt, so now you know you're about to kill and shoot a veteran, somebody who's fought fought for this country, which really pissed me off doubly time. And so as this bullet, you know, kind of goes the slow motion bullet leaves the gun, and you see Letty, she starts booking it. I'm like, Letty really loves kick. Like guys, she loves kick. And I do lot. not know why. I would be like, I'm like, bitch, you pregnant? I know you invisible, but what you about to just stay in the house? Like, on the, maybe on she the was, couch. maybe she thought she was gonna leap in front of the bullet. I'm like, you got invisibility. You got invisibility. She didn't give you super speed. Like you already like, had she, super speed. Did you not see her get away from the monsters in the first episode? She said she was. Mm-hmm. Yes, that 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 girl can run. That ain't bullet speed though. <laughs> She can run really fast, <laughs> even while Tick, pregnant. Tick right. was Letty's first, so I mean, I mean, there's a connection there. There's a kind of an attachment there. Look at Mel's um, face. I would let my first get shot. Like, bye. <laughs> yeah, no. Mel's face. <laughs> I've been like, you about to get killed, dude. I'm sorry about that. That's I was about to say my first. I mean, he I, he was cool. We still cool, but I ain't about to jump in front of no fucking bullets. But I'm like, Fuck I no. mean, you shouldn't have came down the street that day. You should have went, went down the other block. What can Whoa. I tell you? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't know, know what to tell you. you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Yikes! I just think that she truly. I don't think that has to do with her him being her first. I think that she just truly. She does truly love. Yes. Him. Yeah. Um, I think it's her true love, her first love. I think yeah, that, that's yeah. what I would say. Not for just for sexual experience. So Tick, you know, the bullets coming for Tick, Letty running out there like she Flojo. And then we see a Chagra comes up through the pavement and blocks the bullet. And he's, you know, all black and he goes and just starts going ham. Like he tears up, throws police cars. He's killing all the police and ripping up, rip, he ripped off um, Lancaster's arm. He done killed all these people. And then um, when Tick puts his hand up, like he goes to Tick and Letty, when he, Tick puts his hand up, like, the, like he was basically going to attack them and Tick was able to touch him on his head. So uh, we know that Christina and that the lady, old Hillary, were able to control them with that whistle, but I never heard a whistle. No. I said, maybe it happened, but I, I don't know. We don't know who's controlling them, how, they're, how they knew to come here. Like now we don't know. I said, maybe the only thing I can think of is maybe the mark of Cain called them that that letty had that christina gave her but i don't know how they how he got there i don't know but somebody wondered if that uh that monster that she you know delivered in like the second mm-hmm. episode or whatever third episode um if I if that, that was the one i don't know yeah that, um i saw that uh because he was all black he came a long way from boston maybe oh uh, shit he hit a lot of a lot of work to do I, when he ripped off uh lancaster's arm i'm like ah oh, shit now he gotta go get a black arm too <laughs> yeah it was crazy dude. That, that was a good that was a cool that was a cool monster moment that was like a real good horror movie scene. yeah i like i liked it i liked it i love to see it um, so then we cut back. Dee is, has now set a trap, basically. She's gone back to her father's garage 
and she's locked the doors and closed the door. She has her pipe. You know, we know she's a baseball player. She has a crazy good uh, swing. So she's ready for them to kind of come in. So she locks out the doors and leave one door open. So she's looking at the door waiting for uh, Topsy and Bopsy. So they mosey on in. And while she's waiting on them, she gets, you know, we know that she's an artist. She starts drawing them um, in different scenes that she's seen them in. So one of the drawings that hits the floor is her when, when Bopsy or Topsy, I don't know which one is which, is uh, the car. pressed up against yeah. the car. Yeah. So, and I'm like, I, the, what I think is that she's going to now, she's trying to tell them, you know, something happens to her. You need to understand that they've been tra- like chasing me maybe yeah. throughout the day. Like, you know, laying those little, um, the leaving little things behind. So I, I love to see that. And I love that uh, when on Lovecraft Radio, one of my most favorite movies of all times for my horror movies is Tales from the Hood. And um, <laughs> in Tales from the Hood, a little boy uh, 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 uses art to mm-hmm. kill his dad that becomes like this monster. It's David Allen Greer. Yeah. And he's like beating his mom and he draws him and he like he like crushes him up in this piece of paper. It was really, really cool. But it's one of my favorite. They're coming out with a, a second one, so I can't wait. To they see already that. came out with a second one, I thought. Years, I years ago, one. years ago. I think they oh, came I out with a second it. one years ago, but you know, it wasn't as, okay. I guess oh, it didn't, didn't get promoted. On. Yeah. I like Tales okay. from the Hood. I think it's an underrated. Tales from the Hood was good. I, my favorite um, one is... Uh, the one where they, uh, the politician and the little voodoo dolls. <laughs> when he called him, when he, Nicholas, he called him Nicholas. Yes. <laughs> I died. He was like, you little Nicholas. He was like, come on, you little that Nicholas. Nicholas, y'all, that's in my memory. That is, that's like scorched. That is one of the funniest. Oh, y'all. Yeah. We got to watch that. Yeah, we, I feel like, I feel like that's going to be, we need to make time before the end of this month. Like that needs to be our Halloween episode, like straight up. Like we need to we need to watch and review Tales yeah. from the Hood the first yeah. year because it was yeah. hot. Yeah. Oh my god, it's one of my favorites. So, sorry, I got us all off track. No, no, I think every black person remembers that episode. Like that's 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 the episode you talk about when you reference the show. Dude, that's just so funny. Okay, sorry guys, I got off, off track. So as Dee is trying, she, she, the uh, Bobsy and Topsy come into the the uh, room and she's swinging at him. She's hitting him with this pipe. She's like really laying into him. Montrose walks in and he he can't see them. So he thinks maybe she's having a fit or she's lost her mind or something. So he's trying to hold on to her. Um, and one of them gets a hold of her arm and they're like clawing at her arm. So we see her arm is like basically uh, getting really bloodied up. And then we end the scene. So we don't know what ends up happening to her right after that. It, it fades to black. So we know that she's in distress and her arm is now infected with these demons that have clawed her. And I said, that just reminded me of uh, exorcism, any exorcist movie, but really the exorcism of Emily Rose. Cause like that is what those demons do to that, to that girl. They like claw her up and mess her up. So that's how we end this amazing episode. Um, I, I'm like Kiki, this was one of the saddest episodes but I feel like we're all going through so much trauma in right Real now life. in 2020 <laughs> that it's even more traumatic. And then having to re for me, I I had I held out a little bit of hope that maybe Bobo wasn't Emmett Teal. Um so seeing now seeing this happen, it just open that opening scene took it out of me from mm-hmm. the very beginning. So um but I'm happy that they I am happy that they went there. And I hope more white people watch the show. And I, when I see a white person I'm like are you watching Lovecraft Country? Cuz you need to turn it on and watch it right now today. So um I, I again I thought this was I thought it was beautifully done. It was amazing. It was so many cool uh, references. 
Um, and I like that Lovecraft Country Radio talked about like black kids being in the leads of horror movies. And my favorite, like hands down, is People Under the Stairs. And mm-hmm. they mentioned that. And it was phenomenal. I did not like, what did you like? They mentioned uh, Dr. Sleep and they did like, well, Dr. I love that little girl in it. I don't, you know. I, the little oh, girl yeah. was good. That was, yeah, she's one of my favorite like because you don't see that many black yeah. Cat, children mm-hmm. as leads in horrors and she's one of the few yeah and she was like she was another yeah. fearless little girl like she had no fear of this mm-hmm. crazy ass uh baby killing lady uh but yeah so yeah yeah it was cool so I thought it was great I feel like um they did a great job I appreciate everybody doing all the hard work on this episode it was a lot of, of CGI a lot of uh cool pop uh references for horror um so I, we have two more episodes left guys and then we're gonna be it i don't i don't know how we're gonna wrap this up they they really have some more questions so i don't know how we're gonna wrap this one up in two episodes but if yaya mateen shows up i am going to throw the tv out the window i'm gonna throw it out the window uh i know i, I we go to tulsa next week though like it's in the trailer um so oh, i don't know what that Jesus. is is that from the multiverse I, just like I don't need to relive that I don't need to relive Tulsa. Yeah, it's, I don't. And it looked like Laddie was there running. I don't know. I, I don't know. It <sighs> seemed weird. I, I couldn't. I couldn't place why, why she would be there. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see next week, guys. Did you guys have any more comments or anything to say about this episode? No, I don't. You made it through, Kiki. I did make it through now. Yeah, you are the only person I've ever ever heard of fast forwarding to the end to make sure to see what's going on. I had to make sure she didn't die because if she was gonna die, I was gonna have to watch that in the daytime the next day. All right, so thank you guys for joining us for another deep dive for Lovecraft Country episode eight um jig bobo and uh rest in power in the teal yeah. bye. see you guys bye bye, bye.